0: Welcome back to Here's the Deal. I am your host, Kylie Larson, and today I am talking with Stephanie Mara Fox. Stephanie is a somatic nutritional counselor, which is a body-oriented sensation approach to eating. So we talk a lot about being present with our bodies, not just honoring our bodies, but understanding what our bodies are saying to us. So a big part of this then is becoming curious rather than judgmental about our bodies, which as you can probably imagine is a huge hurdle that a lot of us have to get over. So in this episode, we talk about intuitive eating and why it might not be working for you. We talk about the internal dialogue that you have with yourself and how that dialogue started and how being preoccupied with your weight could be protecting you and why it may make you feel safer than processing what else may actually need your attention. As always, Stephanie um, offers up some really great insights into our relationship with food, our bodies, and ourselves, and I just love the way she approaches nutrition. Anyone who um, struggles with binge eating or emotional eating or you are in the process of a reverse diet and you're having a really hard time adding more food or you feel as though your body is shifting, I feel like this episode is going to really offer you um, a new perspective on the way that you talk to your body on the way that you look at your body. So please listen. Of course, you can always reach out to Stephanie via her website, stephaniemara.com. And I've got links to her Instagram, her Facebook, her website, and her own podcast, which is satiated, which I highly recommend. Enjoy this episode. Welcome back to Here's the Deal, everyone. I am your host, Kylie Larson, and today we are talking to my friend, Stephanie Marifox, who is a somatic nutritional counselor. And before we dive in, first off, thank you so much for speaking to us again, Stephanie. And can you tell us, just in case someone doesn't know what a somatic nutritional counselor is or does, can you open us up to that?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I'm really excited to be back here and talking with you again. And So somatic nutritional counseling takes more of a body-oriented approach, and kind of what I have created is something that I'm calling somatic eating, and it's more of a sensation-focused therapeutic approach to eating. So it teaches how to listen and observe bodily sensations to discover what satiates your unique body physically and emotionally to feel safe and attuned to, and that safety piece is really, really key. Because I often find that that's that's kind of what's missing in this, uh, all the eating frameworks that have been created and presented in the world, Mm -hmm. is that if we aren't feeling safe and regulated in our body, that it's really hard to try out some of these other ways of eating. Let's say, for example, intuitive eating. Mm -hmm. So I know that a lot of uh, things that I kind of talk about even on social media is why isn't intuitive eating working for you? Mm -hmm. And look, intuitive eating is well-researched. It is effective. It supported millions of people in cultivating a new relationship with their food and their body. And I often find that clients come to me really confused that they're like, okay, so I know that uh, intuitive eating, I've been told is very effective and it's just not working for me and I don't understand why. And so I think that a, a piece in the, that is missing a little bit from the intuitive eating world is this. Okay. So uh, let me add before I kind of go down that path, yeah. intuitive eating, there's kind of the like idea of what it is like, Oh, I just intuitively know what to eat. And then there's the, uh, two dietitians created a system, kind of an approach to intuitive eating that it has 10 principles. So, uh, two of those 10 principles, one is to honor your hunger cues. And another one is to listen to your fullness. Mm-hmm. So this is where it's okay. We think that that should be like, Oh yeah, of course we knew how to do that. When we were a baby, we should just relearn how to do that now.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Well, the missing piece around that is if you are living in a dysregulated body, let's Mm -hmm. say from you're living more in your sympathetic nervous system response. So that fight or flight response, Mm -hmm. you're really stressed out every single day. Let's say you're healing from a trauma you know, that could go back from when you were super young Mm -hmm. and that your body is in a constant state of dysregulation. Being able to listen to your hunger and fullness cues is really, really hard. It's actually... I don't want to say impossible, but there's a lot of things that need to be healed first mm-hmm. before that is even possible to understand what hunger and fullness feels like in your body. I have so many individuals who come to me who are just like, I, I don't even know what hunger feels like in my system. And I'm like, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Why would you have to feel hungry if your body is in a fight or flight response thinking it needs to be running away from a tiger? Why would you even think about food and feeding yourself if you, there's a potential threat in your environment that you need to be running away from? That is huge. And I see this too. I mean, so
0: there's, there's that the trauma from a trauma standpoint, but then also if you have been chronically dieting for the last five, 10, 15, 20, 30 years, those, those signals are going to be off anyway. So how could we possibly trust them?
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Wow. So Yeah. I'm glad that you actually brought that in because so I think that there's some confusion around what trauma is mm-hmm. and let's kind of define that trauma is something that it, something occurred in your life that was too much, too fast. Yes. And I think a lot of individuals, they're just like, oh, you know, they think of trauma and they're just like, they think of, uh, you know, those who are in battle or war or something like, really trim, like uh, kind like of really sexual big, abuse. yes, physical abuse, you know, mm-hmm. like kind of, it's this, it, 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 not necessarily, uh-huh. you know, it could be like, oh, you know, um, uh, you got really scared by a dog when you mm-hmm. were a kid. Mm-hmm. And it could be when you were going through puberty, that felt like too much, too fast. No one normalized that for you. Mm-hmm. And so here came dieting, Oh, to yeah. try to support you in feeling regulated in what felt like a very dysregulating experience. And so timing can actually feel traumatic in the body as well, because you are taking away this experience of, I can trust my body. I can flow with what's happening in my body. So I'm I'm glad you brought that up because sometimes it's not this big, you know, thing that happened in your life. Actually going on a diet could have been the traumatic thing that occurred that took you away from connection from your body. I can't remember if you and I spoke about this, the first episode that we did together. Um,
0: but what I found is too, a lot of women, their eating stuff started in college as well. Talk about it too much, too fast. That's a lot of change. Yeah. Wow. So how do we start the healing? Yeah.
1: So, oh, this is such a big question. (laughs) 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 So um, one piece is just starting to notice and observe your bodily reactions. So we have to start to identify when we feel like regulated, when we don't feel regulated. Uh, Mm -hmm. When something actually feels like it's uh, a little too much, when it feels just right, when we are even going into shutdown mode. And it's kind of just starting to observe, like, even if you feel the urge to reach for a particular food, Mm -hmm. let's start there. Take a moment to just sit with the urge. Mm -hmm. You could still go eat the food. I'm always Mm -hmm. a big proponent of, you know, you can absolutely use food as a tool for, emotional satiation and regulation that's okay that is not a problem Mm -hmm. by taking a pause first we start to bring in curiosity in that space Mm -hmm. so it's saying okay uh how's my day going what emotions am I feeling right now could I describe the sensations that are coming up in my body does it feel safe to be in my body right now you might get an automatic no Mm -hmm. and so sometimes it's even acknowledging oh wow I don't feel safe in my current environment. I have been pushing myself too much today. I feel really unsafe in kind of like what's been going on in my day and how I'm, you know, entering into more of that stress response that it's like, okay, yeah, it makes sense that I have an urge to reach for food right now. Especially Mm -hmm. if that has been a habitual pattern that has Mm -hmm. come in earlier in your life, that we have to start to bring in compassion that this isn't about willpower. You are not doing anything wrong in that moment that actually reaching for the food might be the best decision that you can make in that moment. Because even when I'm talking about of like describing your sensations and noticing your emotions and describing your day actually means that you have to kind of like be online in your body enough to even be able to do that. That you might be so out of your body, kind of observing above yourself, that you need to eat something to kind of because food and eating is very grounding, brings us right back into the body. Mm -hmm. So you might actually need to choose that tool. And I think I kind of uh, described this in maybe our first conversation, but there's a term called effective emotional eating, Uh where it's like, okay, I'm eating to the point where I feel emotionally grounded once again while trying you know, again, this isn't about being perfect, trying not to overfill the physical body. Mm -hmm. So it's like, oh, there's this sweet spot, just as like with satiation, there's a sweet spot of like, I just needed one more bite. And like, now I feel full Mm that it's the same thing with our emotional hungers that it's just like, okay, if we're feeling out of our body, we're like, okay, Now I ate food to the point of, I feel regulated again to this point. And then it's saying, okay, it's not a matter of judging yourself, uh, like for choosing food. It's saying, okay, I chose the best tool I could. Mm -hmm. I'm now back in my body. The next really important step is do not self-abandon where it's just like your body and what was even showing up before you decided to choose the food consciously or unconsciously still needs your attention. Mm-hmm. So it's, we have to stay connected even afterwards to say, okay, now what's the next best emotionally connecting satiating act I can engage in that will continue to move what's showing up in my body through my body. Wow. Wow
0: one of the biggest takeaways that I took from the first conversation that you and I had was Mm -hmm. a lot of people, you know, they'll say, well, I emotionally eat like it's this bad thing. Like, but then you were like, we all emotionally, eat; it's not a bad thing at all. And I love how you're saying that might be the very best thing for us to feel safe in our bodies in that moment. And then we can go on to address the other things.
1: Yeah. I think that there's this, belief a lot that we have to heal the pattern that's happening with food first Mm. to then be able to feel safe in the body. And I actually think it's opposite Mm -hmm. that it's the more that we learn how to self-regulate and co-regulate that we bring other things into our life that feel very, uh, safety producing in the body, protective, uh, support you in facilitating that sense of relaxation and calm that you're looking for. Mm-hmm. So it's both, it's not just doing this all on your own. Like we need yeah. other people sometimes too to help us yeah. heal on deeper levels. Mm-hmm. That then actually the behavior with food that's coming in to provide a certain nervous system regulated state won't actually be needed as much. Mm-hmm. That it's, if we actually start to see the wisdom in emotional eating, binge eating, even overeating at times that it's actually serving you in some way. Mm-hmm. And then we actually say, okay, the, the process can be, first, it might be you're engaging in a pattern and you mm-hmm. just start bringing in awareness. Hmm, yeah. I wonder how this is supporting me right now. Yeah, Cause sometimes you have to engage in the pattern over and over and over again before it starts to shift and change. Cause we cannot change what we're not aware of. So that piece of awareness needs to be cultivated first. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, okay, what would happen if I just paused before I started to engage in this pattern and continued to bring in this curiosity? Mm -hmm. What am I even looking for from this food experience that I am thinking about having Mm -hmm. so that you start to reconnect with uh, your emotional body, what's coming up in your body, what actually needs your attention emotionally. And so then that starts to get more space to feel heard and seen. And then, as you sit in that space for a longer, longer period of time, where you start experimenting with other tools, Mm -hmm. other self regulating and co regulating tools, Mm -hmm. that the interest in food and reaching for that, I wanna say it will decrease, not that it will just magically go away Uh because you are a human being. And sometimes we emotionally eat. I I put out a post sometime this past year that was like, What is normal eating? Uh And I included that, like, Included in normal eating is sometimes emotionally eating and overeating. Like that's just going to happen. Sometimes we actually have to start to normalize that so Mm -hmm. that when it happens, it's not then the inner dialogue of self-judgment comes in. It's like, oh, hmm, okay, that happened. Mm -hmm. And if I could just view that as information that maybe Mm -hmm. my body's needing some attention, again, that's that you don't self-abandon. You stay Mm -hmm. connected even during, after that eating experience.
0: Wow. I mean, it makes
1: so much sense when when you break it down and you talk
0: about it, but I also understand how hard it is to to change.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's. I, I can like sit here and be like, oh, yeah, so this is just what you do. And I will say, like, having been in a past where uh leaning on food really was there for me during processing my own trauma and during more tumultuous times of my life, Mm -hmm. that this is a process. Mm -hmm. And it's not that you're just going to wake up one day and it's just going to be like, oh, okay, I like, I'm practicing all the tools and I get it. It's an ongoing practice every single day. And that it's kind of creating, you know, if we think of anything that we do over and over and over again, Mm -hmm. it becomes just, uh, our body goes on automatic pilot mode. It's Mm -hmm. like, oh yeah, we do this thing. Mm -hmm. Oh, it's, you know, this time in the day, don't we just go do this thing? Like, that's just what we, like, we, we go drink this, or we go eat this thing at this time of day. And it just becomes a pattern that Mm -hmm. it's a little bit of this is also, you will be guiding yourself outside of your comfort zones Mm -hmm. and that's uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. So some days you're going to say, you know what, I actually, I need today to be in my comfort zone. Actually, I didn't sleep well last night. My kids are screaming at me today. Uh, there's a lot on my plate. I'm putting a lot of pressure on myself that it's on those days. It's like, okay, I'm going to go into what feels comfortable and safe with those days. It might be leaning on food more. And then on other days, it's like, you know what? I got a great night's sleep last night. I am like feeling jazzed. I look in the mirror. I like, I'm having a positive dialogue inside my head. I think today I feel more regulated to actually maybe do something that feels Uh, a little bit outside my comfort zone. So it also is deciding for yourself when it feels the optimal time to try out a new tool. Like Mm -hmm. just because you're on a healing path doesn't mean you always have to constantly be taking steps forward. Sometimes you're at just a standstill in maintenance. I know you talk a lot about maintenance sometimes and how important that is. And, And that when you feel regulated and ready enough to do something else, you will.
0: It's so powerful. So, you've brought up this dialogue a couple of times now, this mm. internal dialogue. The other day, you were talking about this on your social media and inviting us to get curious when that internal dialogue pops up. So in case someone doesn't understand, how would you describe this internal dialogue? Is it just the thoughts that we have about ourselves?
1: Yeah, so start to picture your inner world as a uh, your inner family sitting around the dinner table and they all have commentary. They all have their own beliefs. I mean, if you can like, you know, imagine your own family, you know, if you had a big family or small family, everybody, if you sat down at a dinner table, everyone always had kind of their own dialogue that they went into. That's your inner world as well. So you may have your inner perfectionist at the table. You may have your inner warrior at the table. You may have, Uh, your inner motivator at the table, you know, so there's all these many different parts and pieces of you and they all got cultivated at a different point in your life. Mm -hmm. So for example, let's say you are a kid living at home and you learn uh, through you hear your mom. She doesn't necessarily comment on your body but you hear her judging everybody's bodies around you and you pick up as a kid. Oh, okay. So if I want, if I don't want mom to talk about that, about me, that I need to, okay, so I'm going to listen to what she's saying. And this part of you gets cultivated of like, okay. And I want to say it's a part of you. It's not all of you, but this like inner belief in this inner part of you starts to get cultivated of like, okay, so if I just stay in this certain body shape that she doesn't judge or, oh, I noticed that she really like compliments that body shape, like, okay, so I, that's how I need to be in the world. And if I'm just that, then I will make sure that I stay belonging in my family, that my parents love me, that I'm going to be supported in the world, that no one's going to judge me behind my back. Mm-hmm. And so that inner dialogue gets cultivated at a really young age and then stays with you as a part of you. And ultimately that inner dialogue came in to protect you. Mm-hmm. You wanted to make sure that your family was going to take care of you. You wanted to make sure that you would continue to belong. Mm-hmm. And so it's like okay if we could start to actually see that now as potentially an adult that part of you comes in in moments where you really need to feel loved and accepted. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's it becomes interpretive instead of literal. Mm-hmm. It's like okay the inner dialogue you know it so well. You know what that part of you says. Yeah. Like oh you're like oh, that inner dialogue when you look in the mirror. Oh you mm-hmm. need to lose weight. Like, oh, I can't believe you. Like, look, look, at look at that body part today. Like, how could you like, let that go? You know, like, oh my gosh, it's, it's really mean. It's really harsh. And that part of you, that's the way that they have learned to be in the world and also how to get your attention. You know, something that I like to normalize is even negative attention is attention. And this part of you like knows that if they say these really mean things to you, what do you do? You immediately attend to them. Oh, you're so right. My body does need to change. I really hear you. We can't be accepted in this body shape right now. Immediate attention. This part of you got exactly what they wanted. Oh, I'm seen. I'm heard. Okay. Like now I can quiet down because you're hearing me. And we get to kind of start to shift how you respond to that part of you. Okay. So that part of you still shows up. It's saying the same exact things. And instead of saying, oh, you're right, it shifts towards, wow, how are you feeling today?
0: Mm.
1: Is there a lot of fear showing up? Do you, do you kind of feel like you're unlovable today? Mm. Oh, like, can I just like put my arm around you and let's, let's just sit right next to me? I'm here for you in this. This mm. feels really scary today to be in this body. Mm. Immediate, you get to step into self-compassion, you get to step into self-empathy, and you start actually shifting your relationship with this inner dialogue, where what you needed to hear at that time of your life, when that part of you got created, you get to start telling yourself.
0: So powerful. I hope everyone is listening to this and like, they're taking this away. I mean, it's so interesting. We have to repeat what you said even negative attention is attention. And how many of us were like, just dying to get attention from one of our caregivers? Yeah. And then the whole safety thing, like you said, at the very beginning, does it all come down to
1: safety? You know, I, <laughs> I never like to oversimplify anything. Yeah. I, so let's start to, because I think also, and I had to reframe this for myself when I was starting to learn about the nervous system as well, mm-hmm. that, you know, we, we kind of start to like demonize the sympathetic nervous system of like, oh, you should never be in fight or flight response. We always need to be in the parasympathetic nervous system, which is your relaxation response. And like, actually they're both needed. Mm-hmm. So let's think about them more. And I had a, a teacher explain this to me in, in this way of thinking it like, uh, your pedals in your car, Of like, okay, let's start to think as the gas pedal is your sympathetic nervous system and your brake pedal is the parasympathetic nervous system. Now, if you have your foot way down on the gas, like, yeah, at some point you're going to get to empty Mm because you're like draining all your reserves. If you have your foot way down on your brake, your parasympathetic nervous system response, you might feel immovable. You might Mm -hmm. feel stuck. That's Mm -hmm. that freeze response. So we actually need both. And it's starting to notice like, okay, am I feeling like on uh, like too much activation today? So you just start to notice what that feels like in your body. So I'll say, for example, I know when my foot's kind of maybe like really down on that, you know, sympathetic nervous system pedal Mm -hmm. that like, I start to feel and like before, okay. So I want to normalize also that feeling a little activated sometimes feels like good, Yeah, you know, energized. like gets us up in the morning yeah. where it's like, okay, let's do this day. And like, you know, I got to get, even before like coming on this call, It's like, all right, let's do this. Like we got this, you know, that's actually a little bit of that activating sympathetic nervous system. When we're too much on that pedal for too long, like I notice I start to feel a little brain fog. I start mm. to feel a little fuzzy. Um, I feel very disconnected from my body. Sometimes I feel like I'm a little bit of a floating head and um, I start to feel like a little fatigued. Mm-hmm. So that's where it's like, I know that it's not that I never do that to myself. It's mm-hmm. just like, okay, that happens sometimes. And then I've learned, Oh, how do I tap on the brake? I really need to bring in my parasympathetic nervous system response right now. And so that for me, cause I like Love yoga and meditation so much that might be okay. You gotta get on your, you gotta sit down. You gotta go meditate, or like you have fifteen minutes right now. Go get in a down dog. You have fifteen minutes. You can give. You can put your body in a different pose.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, so you know those are kind of things that I've noticed really support me. Uh, for you, it might be something different. It might also be putting on music, yeah. and actually like something of music that feels more regulating and calming and moving in your body in really gentle ways. It might be taking out pen and paper you're more of a verbal processor of like actually writing out, you know, because even your hand is moving, that's still moving things through your body, that, that there could be many different ways to tap on the brake. And then on some days, you're like, oh, wow, my foot's really down on the brake. And like, mm, I actually want to tap on the gas a little bit. That mm-hmm. might be uh, putting on a different kind of music. Mm-hmm. actually like moving your body in different ways that may be doing something more energizing like lifting weights yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and like actually supporting yourself in getting into your body into that activation a little bit more so I think it's starting to when I when we talk about a sense of safety it's even getting clear on what is needed in this moment yeah. it's not always feeling relaxed and calm and peace and ser- like serene yeah. it, you know it's saying like oh what's needed right now. And just my therapist was talking about it
0: once in terms of just being regulated, <laughs> not too high, not too low, but noticing when we need a shift. Oh, that's cool. So one of the last things I want to ask you about is this preoccupation that a lot of us have with our weight and maybe also our appearance um, and why that may be it's it's protecting us from something else. Can you talk about that?
1: Yeah. So, let's say you have been focusing on your body's image for you know. I think a lot of individuals they usually have like a moment in time where they're like, oh, like I'll have some individuals come to me and say, you know, it started when I was like six years old that I remember starting to judge my thighs. Uh, for other individuals, it might have been happening later in their life. It might have been happening when. Something really uh, that that trauma experience occurred. It could have been through puberty, it could have been through college. So you know, it can happen at different points in time throughout your life. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, focusing on your body and its image for some reason, uh, you know, f- facilitates this sense like you have some sense of control over something. Oh. And what happens in when something feels like too much too fast, it takes away our sense of choice it takes away our sense of control that I have control over how my life is going. And so focusing on the body provides that sense of regulation. Oh, I'm bringing in that sense of choice. I can decide what I feed myself. I can decide how my body looks through how much I move it. But the thing is, is that actually we, don't have control over our body. Uh, I was talking to another colleague recently that there are actually 108 different factors that determine our body's shape. And like, and a lot of those, most of them are not within your control. So this kind of thing of like, oh yeah, just calories in calories out. Like that does not work. And that simplifies like our body to this point where it's it's a little disrespectful of how yeah. amazing and wise this body is truly so you know it's like okay it's coming in to provide you with that sense of control that sense of choice again mm-hmm. and at some point it also like we talked about before things become a pattern that it's also it becomes your safety place it becomes your comfort zone where it's like oh i like even though it may feel uncomfortable to feel like you need to change your body, you've maybe been thinking that way for 15, 20, 25, 30, 50, 60. Exactly. You know, a really long time in your life that actually it has become a sense of, oh, I know what to expect from this. This feels Mm. safe. I know how I'm going to respond to myself the rest of the day. I know how I'm going to restrict my intake. I know how many times I'm going to put myself on the scale. I know how I'm going to maybe punish myself with physical movement. I know what's going to happen after I think these things. And while that may feel not the most respectful way to interact with the body, it is what is known. And so we will go towards what feels comfortable and known over the thing that we don't know. So we don't know what it would be like to say, you know what, my body is actually just fine today and I don't need to change today. And thank you body for continuing to show up for me today with everything that I may be emotionally navigating. And so that feels more uncomfortable often because that can feel scary Mm -hmm. That can even feel threatening in the body where, you know, saying like, oh, I'm not going to punish myself with over-exercising. I'm not going to restrict my intake today. I'm going to have breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and I'm going to feed myself all day long. Mm -hmm. That can actually feel more threatening than going into the pattern that feels known and safe and actually provides you with that sense of choice and control. So we kind of have to bring in this. Okay, what is that pattern giving you afterwards? So there's this word called interoception. It's basically learning how your body feels. Okay. And so we kind of have to pause after we do a pattern and say, okay, did that give me what I was looking for? So, all right, you know, I did my pattern, I didn't eat breakfast. I didn't eat until dinner. I lifted, I like lifted weights today, even off of no fuel whatsoever. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I had that inner, you know, call them your inner judger. They were really loud today. And I just let them run the show of my life today. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, okay, how do I feel now? Recheck back in you going through the thing that feels comfortable. That is not wrong. That is not bad. Please do not judge it. Mm -hmm. You know, that it's just like, it's okay. You did the thing that actually in the moment provided you with maybe the regulation you were looking for. And then it's getting curious, did this continue to give me what I was looking for? So then it was like, okay, afterwards, actually, I feel drained. I -hmm. feel exhausted. I ended up binging tonight because I didn't feed my body the nourishment that it needed. And then I, you know, I'm, am I thinking about doing this all over again tomorrow? you know, so it's kind of like taking that pause to be like, oh, okay. So I went into my pattern and now I'm starting to notice how did this make me feel? Oh, this didn't, actually leave me feeling the way I wanted to feel because I wanted to feel more in control and I wanted to feel like I had that sense of choice. And actually I feel like I have less of a sense of choice. I feel like, oh, now I have to do it all over again tomorrow. And I actually feel less in control. You know, I hear that a lot with individuals who come to me around exploring their patterns with emotional eating or binge eating. A lot of the language that is used around that is I feel like I am out of control, but actually engaging in that pattern over and over again is trying to give you the sense of control that you're looking for. So we kind of have to say, okay, this actually isn't giving me what I'm looking for. And slowly, very slowly starting to experiment with showing up for yourself differently. And that is going to take time. And I think that when the internal dialogue comes up, around my body just needs to change. Take it as actually information that your body is in the sympathetic nervous system, Mm -hmm. that your inner dialogue is actually information over your bodily state. And so it's like, Oh, like if we think about, okay, what is the language that will go around with a fight or flight response? I need to get out of here. I need to get out of this body. I need to flee. I need to get to the gym. (laughs) It's just like, even so we get to be curious about Ooh, what are the exact words that I'm saying right now that are actually showing me and revealing to me the state that my body is in? So it's re- then you start to get really curious about, like, oh, wow, that my focus on my weight is actually giving me information about how my body is doing today. And if I could actually shift towards attending to the story less mm-hmm. and to my body more like actually i may start showing up for myself differently when that inner story comes up so it's again it's not that the inner story is just going to disappear it's mm-hmm. actually seeing as it as information and then it's like okay oh look all oh, that story's showing up okay i know exactly what state my body is in now and that your routine actually changes instead of saying okay i'm going to go into the response of continuing to run away and saying, oh, you know, if we go back to that pedal example, Mm -hmm. oh, this means that my foot may be really down on that gas today. And what would actually support me in tapping on the brake so that you actually uh, maybe start leaning on new tools, new reactions to support yourself in actually deepening into connection with yourself when that inner dialogue about your weight feels like it's really showing up on a particular day
0: that is so profound. You know, all I can think about is when I have clients who are doing reverse diets, which, you know, they're slowly gradually adding more food back in and that's foreign number one. And maybe there are some physique changes. So that's scary too. And they just want to get out of it so badly. Um, and their inner, I can tell the inner dialogue turns up, right? I've got to change this. I've got to get out of this. I've got to get out of this, but it's staying in that is honestly, the best thing that they could do for their physiology, but I can see like just the the correlation between the two. It, it helps me emphasize, empathize with the clients and understand, okay, there's, yeah, this is really, really hard because it's so foreign. Wow. Stephanie,
1: there's one last little tool that I, I want to offer that, um, Actually, I'm going to have a, a post on my Instagram page going about this later this week. So I'll kind of talk <laughs> about it here. Yeah. Uh, is um, sometimes when that bodily response feels too much to be with, because mm-hmm. I know a lot of what I'm talking about today is being with the bodily sensations, yeah. that sometimes it actually feels like too much, that you also get to decide not to attend to it sometimes. So let's Mm -hmm. say someone is, um, reverse dieting Mm -hmm. and they're starting to practice eating more food Mm -hmm. because that's what their body needs. And maybe they've been dieting for a really long time and actually to start to, you know, regulate the body for a period of time, you are going to have to eat more food. So the body starts to trust again, that it's going to get the nourishment that it needs. That also means that the body's probably going to shift and change in that space. And all the things that you have been trying to avoid in having your body shift and change, suddenly you are like actively going into it is Mm -hmm. in those moments where it just feels like too much, start to shift your attention to what feels neutral. So like, uh, you know, some of the examples that I'm going to put out on my post later this week is like, um, focus on the tip of your nose or maybe your earlobes, you know, maybe it's your fingernails because when we actually focus too much on the thing that is provoking a really strong response in our body that can actually take you outside of your window of tolerance, it feels too overwhelming. Mm -hmm. And then what's going to happen is maybe some reaction around, well, I'm just, I'm just going to go back to my regular eating patterns. I'm going to do something different with the way I'm physically moving my body to kind of, navigate this easier because this feels too intense is being like, okay, actually what you're doing is for your body to heal. And let's actually shift the attention towards what feels less activating, what feels less intense. Because, so I work with like a lot of individuals also around like digestion as well, Mm -hmm. that you're like, let's say you um, sometimes get bloated, Mm -hmm. like attending to the bloat that feels really uncomfortable. You know, you might feel pressure in your belly, you know, the inner dialogue of that judger might come up and that feels really intense to be with them. And so it's like, okay, you can feel safe in your body while it's also processing a bloated experience mm. and it's shifting maybe your attention away from your belly and noticing what well, feels actually neutral or like you have no attention of how it feels at all. Like, mm-hmm. do you not, are you not even feeling your feet? Because yeah. like your attention is so much on the thing that feels activating that it's like, oh, wow, my feet feel like nothing right now. And actually can feel very calming to attend to something that feels different. Because I want to make sure I understand because we don't want to leave our body,
0: right? We that, That's the point. We still want to bring focus to our body, but just on the place that won't be too much too fast.
1: Yes, exactly. Some it's staying in your window of tolerance, which is what you can basically uh, flow with uh-huh. that. It's like, okay, actually, if I continue to focus on this part of my body, mm-hmm. it takes me into overwhelm or I just want to shut down. So it's that bringing in that sense of choice You don't have to continue to focus on that body part and you don't have to self-abandon either to provide a sense of safety, because it feels like too much to continue to be with that part of your body. So even if you're thinking there is maybe a certain part of your body that you judge a lot, and let's say that inner dialogue is really loud, and you are on a particular day where it feels really hard to be with it, talk with it, like as even, you know, we were navigating before of like identifying who's saying this and being Mm -hmm. with them, sometimes that's not possible either. Mm -hmm. It's shift your attention towards something else mm-hmm. because your body doesn't know the difference between what's real or perceived. Yeah. So if you are thinking there is a threat right now, your body's like, okay, we got to go into protection mode. And it's like, if you look at certain images, if you shift your attention to different sensations in your body, your body's going to be like, oh, like this, even if, um, you know, being in your body and attending to a different sensation there even still feels like too much. You can also use other tools of like looking at something in particular mm. where it's, if you went on a vacation or, you know, even like going through this time in the world has been very intense in the body. And so sometimes you could be like, Oh, when's the last time I like got out yeah. <laughs> like looking, looking at pictures of that and fondly remembering that you're going to bring in those sensations you felt on that beach or that mountain or that place. Mm -hmm. And so that you can bring in that experience into your body in that moment. Uh, It might also be, like I said before, a lot of these are like self-regulating things that you can also lean on co-regulating acts that might be reaching out to a friend and you get to decide, do you want to talk about the thing that's happening or not? Because you can also say, hey, friend, uh, I don't actually want to talk about what's happening with me today because it actually feels like too much to go into. Could we like, could we watch like TikTok videos together? (laughs) Or like, can we like laugh about something together? It's like, I really actually need to talk about something else. Sometimes we need another person's regulated nervous system to come into our space because that our bodies talk to each other on a body to body level. So that can feel very regulating to us.
0: Oh my gosh. I mean, so I feel like everyone needs to work with you, right? (laughs) (laughs) But how does someone truly know? Like, how do I know I need you in my life?
1: Yeah. So I think if you're someone who you, have tried literally every strategy out there. That's often what I, I hear a lot of those who come to work with me are just like, I've tried a lot of different things and nothing has worked yet. (laughs) Uh, and you're finding that patterns of overeating, emotional eating, binge eating, uh, you're feeling in more in that activated response most of the day Mm -hmm. and that you are trying to like, you want a deeper connection with your relationship with your body and food you know, please come reach out. Uh, I offer free 20 minute connect calls. You can go to com forward slash let's chat or just go to com and you can go to my let's chat page there and you can book a free 20 minute connect call with me just so we can talk about what's going on with you. And I'll just also add that healing often happens also with the particular person that you're working with. Mm -hmm. So I think that there's a lot of different strategies and there's a lot of different tools out there. And what's most important to me is also everyone finds a person that they feel safe being in relationship with, because just like we were talking about that co-regulation piece. So if you were listening to me today and being like, oh, my gosh. I resonate with her expression of her and I really resonate with like what she's describing and you feel like my presence feels safety producing to you. That's also something to track as well because I am not for everybody and that's okay. (laughs) And you can also reach out and be like, I love what you teach and uh, you know, do you, is there anybody else that you would recommend? Like I ultimately, I think that every, there's so many different healing modalities and practitioners out there that it's about you finding what is the next best stepping stone for yourself with where you're at on your healing journey. You may even be listening to this and be like, oh, I'm not ready for that work. And like that, that's That's okay. Honor and respect that too, because you have to trust where you're at and that uh, healing your relationship with your food and your body, it is an unfolding ongoing process, especially if you're someone who has been deep in the diet culture world, who uh, has kind of like a lot of harsh internal dialogues around your body image, which I also support with that as well, that it's going to take time and you get to trust that it's just like, If you even notice, as I was talking about some of these things, like your body contract, Hmm. just take that as information of like, oh, this may be some place that I want to explore at some point in time. Like I'm not going anywhere and that it's just like, I don't know if I'm ready for that yet. And that's okay too. So uh, you can also, my email address, if you have any questions about this work, it's support at stephaniemera.com. I also have a podcast that I put out called Satiated. And so uh, Kylie was actually just on my <laughs> podcast recently, and that episode is going to come out in a couple of weeks. So uh, yeah, a lot of different ways to to connect. Awesome. And then my final question, what does it look like you and I working together? Like, is this a weekly thing? Is it check-ins? Tell me more about that. Yeah. So I often start with an initial intake. That's an hour and 20 minutes. And I like to collect a lot of information that you may not even have realized connected with your relationship with your food and your body. So I ask a lot about your history, even what you witnessed and observed around your parents, for example, and their relationship with their food and their body, because that's a factor, you know, that sometimes laid the groundwork for you around what is an example and a role model of how I could relate to my food and my body. And did that actually feel like a nourishing role model for me to take in? And so we'll kind of start there. And then I usually like to work every single week for a couple of weeks, just so we get a good working relationship going, because that's so important. That's a part of this work, Mm -hmm. that it's not just about the tools and then practicing them. It's also that you feel safe with the person that you're working with and that we get to know each other as well. Mm -hmm. And uh, after that, because I often provide a lot of, I like to call them explorations to -hmm. engage in in between our sessions. Some individuals want more space and time to dive into them and practice them over and over again. So then sometimes we can move to meeting every other week. And uh, I am currently creating new offerings uh, Mm -hmm. for this next year. So that's upcoming. So please subscribe to my newsletter to kind of stay up to date on that. I'm creating a somatic eating program and also opportunities where what I have really noticed in my work over the past several years is as you get to a place where it's just like you're still practicing these tools and it's not necessarily you need like a 50 minute check-in and it's ongoing. You're continuing to be in relationship with your food and body over and over again, where you just need someone in the middle of the day to be like, Hey, are you there for me? Like, I just need a a something, a check-in. So I'm starting to create a different kind of offering. That's more like a, a membership where people can reach out at any point in time, because sometimes it's, you need support in the moment. I'm Mm -hmm. feeling the urge to go reach for food right now. And I know that that's not going to leave me feeling the way I want to feel. And I actually don't, it's not coming to me. What other, what are my other choices? Mm -hmm. I don't know how else to respond right now. Those are actually pivotal moments where we often need support in the moment. Mm -hmm. So I'm creating something new to try to be a further support in those exact instances. So that's kind of upcoming. Wonderful. Well, as always, it's so great chatting with you. And
0: I do feel safe talking to you. I do feel calm (laughs) talking to you. You are a wonderful co-regulator. So thank you. feel the same way about you. (laughs) I will make sure everyone has links to everything. Um, you guys, please check out Stephanie. I love her podcast. I love everything she posts on social. I do subscribe to her newsletter and it's just the right amount. Like that's it. It's short and sweet and to the point. And I really love that. So thank you again for sharing your knowledge with us. And I can't wait to talk to you again.
1: Yeah, me as well. Thanks, Steph.
0: Thanks again for tuning in to Here's the Deal with Kylie. If you enjoyed this, please share this episode with a friend. I know that this message needs to be put out there as we all work to heal our relationship with ourselves with food and with exercise. Um, If you're looking for help with this, of course you can reach out to Stephanie, but we do cover a lot of this stuff in my program, Lift to Get Lean. We just started the current session of Lift to Get Lean a few weeks ago, but the next session will start in March and I've got a wait list up on the website. You can join that wait list at www.lifttogetleanwithkiley.com. Um, And you can also learn more about the program. Yes, we focus on strength training. Yes, we focus on macros. But really, the larger portion of the program is focused on doing things the right way and for the right reasons. We'd love to work with you if we have not worked with you yet. Please, if you have any questions, you can reach out to me on Instagram and I will talk to you soon. Bye-bye.